Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world to tell us how they saw the news from the past month. This is episode number 39 for September 2011. Hello everyone and welcome to the Fidius Club. My name is Patrick Beja and apparently my memory is faulty because I didn't remember what month it was. It might be because of the terrible flu that I'm afflicted with, uh, but probably not. It's just my brain not working properly as usual. Um, so this is the Phoenix Club. You know, it's the show where we get people from different parts of the world uh, to bring their knowledge, their wisdom and their culture with them in their little bag and uh, deliver it to everyone um, so that we can enjoy it. And one of the most wise uh, persons that I know, one of the wisest people that I know, uh, is here with us today, and that's Turkey from Saudi Arabia. How are you doing? What? Yeah, I'm wise, dude. Come on, don't give me, don't, don't, don't blow right. me up too much. Seriously. Oh, so maybe, maybe you don't have that um, in your country. It's called irony. I was making fun of you. <laughs> No, 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 no. That was sincere. I heard it. It was coming deep from inside you, dude. I could clearly, clearly feel it all the way here. Um, so thanks for uh, being here, as you always are. Sure. And, um, always do. You, you are not alone. Um, it's a sh smaller show. I mean, we had a giant show um, last time, and today it's a little bit more intimate, a, a little bit more cozy, because uh, we only have one other person with us, but it's someone I'm very glad to welcome again. It's Paolo from... What, did you think I was going to say someone else? No. Uh, no, 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 I was shouting at my cat. <laughs> It was attacking right. my feet. Of course. Uh, so it's Paolo from Saudi Arabia who's been very quiet and very polite. Thank you so much for joining again. Uh, thanks so for having me on the Saudi show. Arabia? Oh, no, I'm from did South I Africa. say Saudi Arabia? It's SA, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> South Africa, of course. I've lived in Saudi before, but... Uh, yeah, oh, I'm, you have? I'm, yeah, I lived in Saudi when I was very young. Um, I lived in Riyadh for about seven, eight years. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, but you are in South Africa now. Correct. Um, and uh, people who have been listening to the show for a while might remember you from all the way back uh, to May 2010. Uh, so, yeah, it's been over uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, so we, we talked yeah. the last time. It was uh, just about before the World Cup here in South Africa c kicked off. And... Uh, It was a, it was a great success, um, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, that was about the time, and we talked about I think some of the same issues we're going to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting to see how how much of the world actually doesn't change all that much. <laughs> um, so a year and a half later, I guess we can start with what we started last time you were here, uh, which is Greece, which has been doing the. I, I would say, you know, most of the headlines uh, for a good part of the, um, of the month, and um, at least for us here in France, quite deservedly so, because it, it's, it doesn't seem like they're getting it together, and uh, they're putting our whole economy, and actually m other countries' economy too, uh, in peril. And uh, it's not like we're panicking, I don't think. I mean... 
we're seeing um, Greece in difficulty and um, Italy is also not in the best shape. That's the least uh, we can say. And it, th- there are there's a sense of it's it's troubling, but we're not at panicking stage yet. And I don't know if that's us uh, having some sort of wishful thinking, self persuasion uh, of some kind. But um, it doesn't seem like we're quite at the oh my god the world is going to end yet. But it, it's still you know. Greece is not in a great shape, so it, we are definitely paying attention, I would say. Um, what about you, Paolo? I mean, you know, South Africa seems like a pretty far place to be affected by this directly, but you're still, I would, I would guess, you know, one of the most um, Western-cultured uh, African countries, so maybe you, you hear about this more than uh, others. Yeah, that's that's correct. I mean, we we do have it in our news. I guess not as much as maybe France, because <laughs> it doesn't affect us as as directly. But um, I think Greece Greece's economic situation definitely directly influences the economic situation in Europe, which in turn affects everybody else. So um, yeah, I guess the the one thing that that would probably be absolutely worldwide important, and that we've been mentioning as a vague remote possibility that we've been mostly pu- pushing away is Greece exiting the euro uh, the eurozone which would mean the whole euro is destabilized the, the 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 currency and that would definitely affect the world economy so i guess at least that would be mentioned yeah you know i i think back to what uh, because a, a lot of economies in the world today are in in a, in a lot of trouble and uh I take America as, as an example, like why are they in the situation they're in? And I think they're in their situation for completely different reasons to the Greeks. Uh, the, the Americans, I think it's got a lot more to do with the government legislation that was taken away and, and corporations, you know, got running wild with with finances. And and I think Greece is in a very different boat when it comes to that. Um, mm. For In my opinion, I think it's not a government problem with Greece. I think it's more an issue with the Greek people and... Um, <laughs> Because they're, they're all lazy, of course. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can say I mean, that. I'm, I, no, I'm joking, but that's a little bit... Again, that, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's what it is. There is a little bit of that um, view not as clearly. No one would say it like that, of course, but there's a little bit of that. It's it, There is a feeling that, um, you know, the, the, they, they've been coasting on on their deficit for so long that right. now they have to pay up. And it's a little bit irking. I guess we mentioned that uh, in previous shows. It's a little bit irking when they're going down in the streets and saying, oh, we don't want to make sacrifices. And certainly they have reasons. You know, they, they think that the government is the one that wasted the money and they don't want to have to, to pay for their greed or laziness. But there is a sense that, you know, well, you, you messed it up. So now you have to suffer the consequences. Yeah, well, uh, one of the reasons why I think you also had me on the, the show last year was because uh, I have a bit of a Greek connection. My family's heritage is Greece, mm. and I was there uh, within in June. I was in Greece, and I was talking to some of the people there who were working in the shops and you know in the, at the bar, or and you know that the feeling I got from the Greek 
people I talked to was that they very much were anti the whole situation that the EU was proposing on them. They felt like the Germans were the, were the bad guys and, you know, they were doing nothing but trying to live their lives normally. But I don't think as a people they really grasp the idea that this was caused by themselves and I think they mm. feel like this is something the EU has put on them but don't, you know, they, as a people. don't they understand that there is a deficit uh, you know nationwide wide deficit and they, they, that, that is the heart of the problem and that yeah. the EU is actually paying to, to you know keep them afloat I think what's happened is that the people have been, so like you said, surviving on this deficit for so long that mm. they've gotten comfortable with the fact that they can live the way they live and get away with it. And now, yeah. because it's kind of caught up with them, especially because of the, the economic situation with the rest of the world, they are put in this position where they have to account for what, what's happened. And they're saying, whoa, this was no, never the case before. Why is the EU making this such a big deal now? Why is it our fault? Hmm. You know? And I can see why they say that but i mean i personally don't agree with what they're saying because in my opinion it comes it comes down to the cultural aspect of the greeks i think um they are not as concerned with the same things let's say as an american or someone from uk or someone from france where you know you are You work hard, you live hard, and you pay your taxes, and you know you go along life in a certain way. I think they live; their culture is a lot more about living life well, like taking a nap in the afternoon, eating well, and then the job is kind of like a side issue. You know, the job is 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 not as important. Let's say, hey, as that's the way I live my life. I I want to live my <laughs> life, so I completely no, understand. I mean, And by the way, I have Greek roots too, so maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I but, can understand, and in in a way, I kind of, uh, I kind of look at it as, um, you know, I wish, I think that's how everybody should live their lives because. The Americans, I, I don't know if that's... I mean, everybody's got a different opinion on how life yeah. should be lived, but they work themselves to death in a lot of ways. And, you know, they their husbands work, wives work, you know, children work yeah. at a young age. It's n not in a, in a bad way, but their lives very much revolve around their work yeah. world. And well, yeah, I, I guess one thing I'd like to say at this point is um, the, the Greeks are having sort of a bigger issue with their... Um, their debt, but it's not like the other ones, you know, France and others included, have been uh, paying their debts. It's, we're just less, a little bit less in debt than the Greeks, but we're still incredibly in an incredibly uh, horrible situation in that regard. And we're sort of trying to balance the budget a little bit. And but, but it's I, clear that it's 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 not like we can look at them and say, "Haha, you you suck," and we we rule we're, we're just less bad off than these guys are so I, i think it comes down to uh the people like i said because i think the french people and the italian people or the people in the uk understand that this is a dire situation for the country mm. and it's caused by bad badness bad management of funds and sure. you know It's something that the government has to work out, and the people understand if we're going to pay higher tax, let's get out of the situation. Whereas the Greeks, I don't think, follow those lines as mm. 
They don't understand it as much. They think it's more something else has been thrown upon them. And this is just my opinion. But I, I think sure. they, they resent the fact that now they, A, have to pay higher taxes, mm. B, have to relinquish control to the Germans or the rest of the EU. And, and they're not happy about that because they've got to change their way of life. Sure. Which, yeah. Well, I mean, in France, if something like that happened, I mean, we're now increasing taxes a little bit, um, but absolutely people would not be happy about it. It's not like I'm saying, yeah, we would gladly pay more and not blame the government. But I guess we would understand that France has to pay somehow, but we wouldn't want, you know, most people wouldn't want to be the ones that have to pay, but they understand that someone has to pay and this has to this comes from the inside it's not like uh europe has placed this plague upon us but um right so so what about uh, south africa how is it is how is it being reported there it, well in south africa i mean the the because we also get uh we get a lot of the european news channels like sky news and the bbc mm. and cnn so we can compare i mean it's Our South African news is generally more focused on what's going on in South Africa because you can have a lot of access to the international news, but um, there is a lot of mentioning of it when something happens, like especially the riots that happen. Like that really, I'm sure, goes a long way in a lot of other news channels around the world. But uh, yeah, we do see it, but it's it's more of a side issue for us because right yeah. now it's 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 not directly affecting us like it is say france you know yeah understandable um turkey i'm sure as usual you guys don't care but you know if the eurozone goes down the crapper um we won't have enough money to buy all your um gas that all must right. be a concern you, you, dude you're gonna keep on buying our gas no matter what happens to your money <laughs> <laughs> We don't need We're just going to pay in a it. different currency, right? Yeah, but if your uh, currency crashes, then that's good for us. We can buy more property in your countries. We can travel <laughs> and beat some tourists and stop t tipping you and all of that. Come on, guys. You'll be happy with us. You'll like us. So you're, you're basically saying that uh, the Saudis are cheering when the, Gre when the Greeks have, uh, you know, one more... Uh, uh, They need Can more money from uh, the EU. Oh, definitely. So <laughs> here in Saudi, they, every time the euro goes down, it's a celebration. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're we're joking, but seriously, I mean, it's not it's not at all a concern. Greece is not on your, uh, you know. No, I'm I'm not joking. I'm being serious. Oh, okay. Well, it's we great. do celebrate when the euro goes down. We celebrate. No, okay. I'm sure you do, uh, but uh, because because we're linked to, to the dollar. Yeah, we're pegged to the dollar, so. It, it, when the euro goes down, then it helps us. That means we can buy stuff from Europe easily. <laughs> so when the dollar goes down, you're not celebrating? No, no. It's a disaster here. <laughs> we import. We, most of our products are imports. We don't export much. So Other than so oil. That, yeah. So the average Joe is really affected very badly when it comes to uh, currencies and whether the dollar is up or down. So, so Tell I me guess Turkey. when... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, when when the whole e economic thing was going down in in the United States, did the uh, did Saudi ever consider switching from the dollar to the EU as their main source of currency? 
Uh, if you're talking about the government, definitely they haven't thought for a second and they're still insisting to stick to the dollar. However, if you're talking about uh, professionals and so on, there's a huge movement demanding that we unpeg ourselves from the dollar. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Turkey, I think your microphone is uh, rubbing against something. Uh, I think I'm just a little few <laughs> feet away from the... Okay. What? Why? It's better now? Yeah. Cool. Thanks. All right. Um, all right. So I guess Greece... Well, yeah, what, I, what I wanted to ask was, what do you think could be the resolution to, to this whole situation? Like, well, how, does, how does Greece get out of this? And do they either leave the EU or do they t- no, relinquish more control? Or? That is impossible. Uh, Greece cannot leave the EU. I mean, obviously, they, they, it's in the realm of possible things that would happen in this reality. Uh, but I don't think anyone in the EU wants to let that happen because once that happens, it means the euro is not as stable as a currency, is not as stable as we thought it was because any country can sort of, you know, put it in jeopardy. It means we need to get the, the Greece out and any other country that's in difficulty can get out and no one wants to see that happen. So um, the way... I see it happening the way we understand um, the situation is going to evolve, uh, you know, roughly is we're going to keep paying for Greece and there's no way around it. And if Italy is in trouble, we're going to pay for that, too. So, I mean, in a sense, it might be just me, but I, I really feel like. Yes, the Greeks are, are a little bit uh, a little bit worse off than everyone else, but. It's not like everyone else is in great shape either. So we, it's really, we're throwing the stone, but sort of cautiously because <laughs> others might start throwing stones at us too very soon. Sure. I think also the other problem with Greece is that it's not like Italy where they've got other sources of income. Greece's main source is tourism. And um, the problem with w- where they are right now and because I think the Greeks can be quite stubborn, is that they're just raising all their prices. And sure. in such an economic downturn for the rest of the world, no one wants to go to a more expensive country to go on holiday. If they're going on holiday, they're going to go somewhere else like Turkey or, or you know, Croatia or Romania or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. And, I uh, mean, it's not like the... the the situation is is absolutely similar and and uh you know maybe greece and probably probably portugal are are really at the in the worst situation others are not in such a dire state but um turkey you started saying something i think i'm just saying that turkey the country actually is expensive (laughs) right now is it's very expensive Yeah, compared oh, to two, three, three, four years ago, it's very expensive since they changed their currency. I, I think, think they removed this... the, they they removed a few zeros from it, and it's, mm. we're, it's so we're, expensive um, now. We yeah, are that, that, speechless. That, <laughs> that doesn't change the the fact that tourists can always go somewhere cheaper in Europe. Greece is not the only source of tur- tourism in in Europe, you know. And I think compared to Italy which exports a hell of a lot more of other things, you know, whereas Greece doesn't. They rely on that tourism completely. And now that not a lot of people are going to Greece, um, you know... Yeah, but the Europe in general is very expensive thanks to the euro. 
Well, yeah, I guess. Um, okay, let's move on to another lovely story that's been making the headlines. Actually, I'm I'm not sure how international this is, but um, y- you guys tell me. Um, oh, actually, I wanted to talk about, well, Dominique Soskan, who's been very uh, uh, public um, in the past few weeks, but maybe we can mention the other huge story, uh, which is that Palestine has been, um, you know, has asked to become a member of the UN. Uh, it was only yesterday. And that obviously was a huge, huge story. And I guess I would be interested to hear from Turkey first how this is uh, this is being, you know, reported in, in Saudi Arabia. Oh, it's reported easily. It's never going to happen. U.S. is going to be to it. And that's a good thing or that's a bad thing? Horrible thing. Okay. You're, de- you're denying a people their rights to have their own country. Right. I, so, I guess... So, so let's say Obama is going to be up there with George Bush Jr. after the veto. Is going to be? Oh, you mean up there in the hated uh, yes. we hate American presidents uh, yes, club? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, here it's also yeah they're they're requesting it, but pff, never going to happen. And 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 France is is posturing as sort of a middleman as a. Um, not a middleman, but trying to mediate the situation. They're trying to not take sides, and uh, but actually, this is what happens when you have a, a country that has the right to veto the votes of the entire world. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that's you know, just to be fair, it's not just the U.S. that has the right to veto. Yeah, I'm I'm saying veto in general. I'm not co- yeah. saying the U.S. alone. Yeah. Um, this whole thing shouldn't be, exist in the U.S. Well, I'm not sure about that, but that's a, a different debate. Um, but yeah, I mean, from all right, what yeah, France gets the veto. Yeah, <laughs> <all right. laughs> you know, as long as we get it, it's yeah. fine. The other ones, I, we I, I bet everybody from every country that have no veto would agree with me, but people who have veto rights will disagree. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, uh, what, what do you say, Paul? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a one-sided argument there. I mean, South Africa's got no standing when it comes to vetoing anything. And what's their standing? What's your standing on the um, uh, Palestinian requesting to become a country um, question? Well, not uh, you, you personally, know, I, but um, I, I think South Africa's stance. I mean, s- since the end of the apartheid, I think South Africa's become a much more diplomatic country you know and um in an issue like this i think their stance is that it's um it's not our place to judge exactly like it's it's a difficult situation and the fact that america has really put a firm foot in the ground of where they stand you know makes the situation very difficult for everybody Hmm. you know and um I, it's a, like I said, it's a very touchy subject, and for me personally, I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. But I just I'm concerned as to where this all leads. You know, where where ultimately and when ultimately does it get resolved? Because it's it's been going on for a very long time, and ultimately, I think it's got to come to a head somehow. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, it it doesn't necessarily have to. It could stay like this for you know even longer but i mean 
at this point, I think um, I'm. I think here the way we're understanding the situation is we're not expecting anything to really come out of this, and from what we're hearing, even in in uh, you know in the territories in Israel, Palestinians are not re- are happy that uh, that the the the, the uh, request has been put forward. But no one is really expecting anything out of it. It's it's a request that's put forward to put the pressure in order to get something else. You know. But don't in, you think? Don't you think that the people of Palestine once they oh they want find, it of course oh yeah there, there's no doubt but um, don't you think that once they find out that America has vetoed it, it's not been accepted, that they're going to be very upset and maybe retaliate in some way. Um, I don't know. I I really couldn't speak to this. I have no idea. I I just from what we're hearing in the news, um, it, the situation. You know, we're obviously we have uh, journalists in uh, Palestine. I mean, you know, in in Israel, reporting on people's uh, perception and and reaction to the request, and they're being very um they're being they're expressing a lot of uh, joy and pride but at the same time they know that this is not never going to go through right. and they know that not in a way that says oh my god i can't believe it's not going to go through it, yeah. they're saying they're saying they're sort of resigned to the idea that well it, it we know it's not going to go through so the 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 idea that it's being proposed even is is a good thing in itself. Is this does this make sense, Turkey? Or I think everybody already knows that's never going to happen. At least not in this lifetime of ours. Yeah. There's uh, especially with the current uh, administration in Israel, Netanyahu was clear in saying there will be no peace, and uh, so we don't. It's, it's a complicated situation. This is the Middle East. This is where all the nutcases meet and uh, start to make chaos and start blowing each each other up. So yeah. But what would be the situation if if America didn't get involved? Hmm. If, if, uh, America, uh, if, if America if America didn't veto anything and they stood by like everyone else, then well, the UN what? would vote. Would, would the, the, the the most likely. Thing is that the UN would vote for a Palestinian nation, and that would make the situation of Israel incredibly complicated. And it's, it's this- complicated, and, and you know, in a way or another, uh, the Palestinian state kind of exists already in the UN. When, if you consider that the borders of Israel are recognized as the sixty-seven border, nineteen sixty-seven borders. And uh, every, every other uh, piece of land outside those borders are considered occupied by the UN. The mm. only difference is most of those lands are supposed to be owned by other countries, uh, like the Gaza is supposed to be controlled by Egypt, owned by Egypt. Uh, the West Bank should be owned by Jordan. The Jolan Heights by Syria. And, uh, th- and the difference is now the Palestinians are asking for their own state, and they want to put all of these... Uh, old regions that were owned by these countries for their own statehood. Yeah, and and of course, I mean, if that did happen, do you think it would make things? Would that resolve the situation? I mean, obviously it wouldn't, but 
It, how, it definitely would not. But personally, I think it would ease things a little. It would stabilize, uh, maybe. Maybe the whole situation there would... Uh, I mean, yeah, everybody would, would know where they stand. Definitely. It, it's not going to solve everything. There will still be trouble. There will still be fighting. There will still be people blowing each other up. But I think it will ease lives. It will make things easier for people to handle. Two uh, states, uh, independent, they have their own uh, governments. They run whatever they do. Uh, if the Palestinians don't... The Israelis keep on uh, using that uh, it's for their own protection. If they let the Palestinians exist, and then they could start doing terrorism. They could start using to build an army to fight them and so on. But the fact is... I, there's no point of that. What you're saying is, if you make peace with the Palestinians, then that's it. You made peace with the, with the Egypt, you made peace with Jordan. So why aren't you complaining about these countries who have uh, militaries and are well, independent? It's because they can't they can't agree on the conditions of the peace. Um, conditions of the peace, you can have uh, a basic peace. It doesn't have to be a complete peace. You can just agree, at least give them dinner nations. That would at least in whether this is true or not, but in my personal opinion, I think that would at least make them ha- happy and would make them more willing to g- compromise and give things up since they got something that's worth it. So it's better, it's better to protect what they have than to, to try to gain something and lose what they have. So do you think that this would be a, an achievable goal? I mean, the, the uh, obtaining the uh, creation of the uh, official creation of the state would be an, an achievable goal if uh, it wasn't Netanyahu who, who was in power in Israel. Do you think someone else would be more willing I think to accept it? it? Achievable? No, more achievable. There's a better chance. Yes, definitely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, with, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with mm. Netanyahu, the chance is like I would say there's less than one percent chance. Yeah. With someone else, I would give it up to fifty percent chance. Okay. So that's a huge difference of percentages, at least. So. Yeah, uh, it's, it's 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 a very complicated thing, and, and I think the biggest complication. It and you can think that there's a lot of problems when it comes to the peace. You have the right to return for the Palestinians. Uh, sorry, to their Turkey, own but your your mic is really uh, having parasites. I don't know what's happening, but <coughs> all right, uh, better now. Uh, I guess so. All right. So, as I said, the, uh, this whole situation is uh, uh, the, the return of the people to their lands, the Palestinians who are taken away from their lands and so on. Those are, at the end, those are resolvable. The biggest problem with any peace in Israel and Palestine is the situation of Jerusalem. Of course. And and that is the real problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Palestinians were more willing to negotiate. They said, okay, give us uh, East Jerusalem, you can have West Jerusalem, just like the UN. And the Israelis refused to give them any part of Jerusalem, and that's where the problem is. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think Jerusalem should be an international city, independent. Hmm. Interesting idea. I like it. Is that <laughs> like something you just it's- pulled out of your... You know, behind, no, or is it some an idea that's been floated around? It's an idea that's been floated around, and there are people who support it. It's, uh, uh, people do this, think that since it's a, a melting pot of three religions, and they all think of it as a holy site, that it should be international, it shouldn't be controlled by a specific country. And it's more about Israel, because Israel is a Jewish state. It's more that not being controlled by a specific religion. Hmm. Well, right, you but know don't what? you think... Sorry, don't you think if if that did happen and it was an international territory, 
and all these different religions were coming together for religious reasons, yeah. there would be conflict in that area, in that zone? No, well, no, no, no. Most of the most religions, so with the exceptions of the, and even with Jews, but uh, the only Jews you have problems are the extremists. And uh, for uh, extremist Jews are the ones who give the problem. But uh, I think most religions, Christians, Jews, Muslims already know what they got and what they have and what they own, and which is what the religious parts in this country, in this city is. Yeah, I mean, I think if if somehow it was determined that Jerusalem was an independent international, you know, city, it, it could be possible to have a. a Maybe it wouldn't be easy, obviously, but to have a sort of religious administration that would jointly administrate everything, and it wouldn't be easy to form. But I don't think it's out of the again out of the realm of possibility. I, I'm for it. International Jerusalem, <laughs> independent, awesome plan. Let's go that way. Let's do it. Or you can just use my drastic plan. We can just nuke the city and be over with it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be another solution. I'm not sure I support it as much. Um, okay, let's move on to our lovely friend of the um, uh, IMF, Dominique Strauss-Kahn, who came back. I don't. So I don't really know if this is a local story. For France, or this, is, or if it is an international story, but I'm eager to find out. Basically, he came back to France a couple of weeks ago and did his first real interview after the scandal. Um, <coughs> sorry, and um, and sort of the first time he he spoke and explained himself. And um, sorry, Patrick, just yeah. to clarify, the scandal is is. The thing where he was in New York and there was a housekeeper who came in and, and something happened there. Is that the scandal we're talking about? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess I sort of have my uh, answer for, for South Africa. It's not really the biggest of your concerns. Well, for, uh, for us, I don't think it even really touched our news. I mean, I think it was more e localized. Even back then when it first happened? No, when it happened... Uh, I mean, it was sensationalized because of what had happened, not because mm. of, and and there was a lot of stuff I think going on at the time with um, with uh, Italy's prime minister at the time. Yeah, and and it hasn't stopped, by the way. So <laughs> right. that's that's. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying that I think at that time, because of all that stuff was going on. Um, that this was also a part of an, another thing where they were like, oh, and here's another person who's also been, you know, acting <laughs> incorrectly. Wow, nice dancing around the turn here. <laughs> uh, Patrick, you have so much fun with your leaders. Can you just help us and teach our leaders how to have scandals here? <laughs> it should be more fun here. Well, it's, it's, it's funny that you say it like that because um, I actually had an interesting discussion with my uh, fiancé, I was going to say girlfriend, my fiancé who, uh, as listeners might know, is from Scandinavia. So she has a, a very um, – a much stronger outlook on, on, on how to judge him as a politician in general and in that specific uh, issue in particular. And she sort of – won me over and she was saying it's incredible to me that French people and even more women uh, you know French women would consider forgiving him and thankfully 
he's actually not running, and I don't think he would have had a chance if he did run. Uh, for those who don't know, he was a strong potential uh, presidential candidate for the upcoming elections of 2012, um, the presidential elections. Obviously, when the scandal broke, his chances uh, uh, shattered, but now there was a question of whether or not he would actually run. And the so interesting thing is, It wasn't, we're talking a lot about, you know, the realm of possibilities, but it wasn't outside the realm of possibilities that he would. And that completely flabbergasted uh, my, my fiancée. She would not, she couldn't comprehend how people would potentially uh, forgive or accept him. Even though, you know, he hasn't been judged guilty or anything, but he had sex with a maid in a hotel 10 minutes after meeting her and for for her even if there wasn't rape even if you you take away everything illegal about it the and even if you don't consider the immorality of it which i understand some people can question her argument is that guy is in 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 the run almost for the presidential race and he would do something as idiotic as having sex with a maid who comes to him in a hotel with the risk that something like that would happen. Do you want a guy who's that uh, brash and that, you know, who doesn't have a, 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 a clear grasp on, on the risks to be running your country? And um, I don't know. I mean, we've had a, a interesting discussions on this on uh, Google Plus and other places. And overall, I think she... she she did win me over and i do have a concern for the french psyche in general meaning i'm wondering if that disregard for um i, I don't want to be super um puritan and say because traditionally in france you know you separate very clearly the private and the public sphere and if someone has an affair a, a politician it's the private sphere and you don't really worry about that it, it it shouldn't influence your opinion of them as a public person the problem is i'm wondering how much of this is based in a sort of miso, uh, misogynic uh view of you know uh, the strong man and the strong man is you know he has sex with girls and it doesn't really matter but in in that position in that position of power it's highly inappropriate not because of moral reasons but if a powerful man comes to a woman and you know sort of uh uh propositions her it's it, you can't know whether or not she accepted it for fear of of uh repercussions or or because he, she's actually agreeing to it and and for that appearance of impropriety you should refrain from things like that and the fact that we french accept it poses the question of what's our view on that uh, uh on, on on that whole issue i don't know if i'm being very clear but um no you are patrick i i i think also what you're saying is that france really didn't take kindly to his actions and that was the direct cause of why he he didn't run in the end Yeah, sure. I mean, but, but in another country, it would have been not even a, quest a question. And here, I don't know, I don't know yeah. if I agree with that, because if you look at what happened to Clinton and his whole scandal, I mean, the, 
that was a huge deal. And that really was his personal life. I mean, it wasn't morally correct, I suppose, but uh, it, it had a huge effect on the people and the people's opinion and, and, and everything that happened in America at the time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's also something that sort of posed a, a moral issue to me because I didn't really care all that much about what Clinton did. And, you know, I was, so it's sort of difficult. And people probably know, uh, maybe they don't, but I'm mostly uh, right-wing in France, which is, you know, probably center anywhere else. But, and, and Strauss-Kahn is from the left-wing. So I'm like, am I judging him more harshly because, because he's left-wing? Yeah, I, I really don't think so. And But I'm not managing to put the finger exactly on why the, the Clinton thing is not as bothersome to me. I mean... Yes, it was in in improper, obviously, but the big issue, the the the, the enormous uh, scandal, legal uh, wa- legal aspect of the scandal was that he lied under oath. He said, "I did not have sex with that woman," and that's a different problem. I mean, obviously, it was comp- it, he was deceiving um, the the everyone when he was saying, "I did not have sex with that woman." And, you know, oral sex is still sex, so. Uh, and and for that, when I asked about that to to my fiance, I was like, "But hey, Clinton, blah blah blah." And she was like, "Well, there's no question that he, well, no, not there's no question." But she, her first reaction was like, "Well, he should have been impeached. He lied," and that was interesting too because what she was uh, the reason she was uh, saying that I'm not sure if she was exactly you know absolutely serious a hundred percent he should have been impeached, but. It, she was referring to the fact that in 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 Scandinavia, these kinds of scandals do not people don't survive them, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Europe, at least in France and and ridiculously so in Italy, they do seem to survive them for an inordinate amount of time, and that's uh, something that I'm not sure. It's so ingrained in my culture and in my view of the world that I, uh, only now am I starting to wonder should we be accepting all of, of all of these scandals there's a, a, an enormous uh, financial scandal um that touches on uh, on the government and pre- members of the um uh party of sarkozy <coughs> before he became president um and there's a feeling in france that these things there's sort of yeah, well, you know, it should be judged, but it's not going to be. So, pff, whatever, there's nothing we can do. And a lot of people say we should judge someone on his ability to to do his job, not on his ability. Financial scandals might be different, but not on his moral um, uh, uh, issues and more moral errors. If he can do his job really well, no one is perfect. So, if he can do his job, at least we'll get something out of it. And I'm... Yeah, so go ahead. Sorry, uh, mate, I I don't know if I totally agree with that uh, aspect because, I mean, being in politics and having another general job is two different things. Let, let's say you were talking about a factory worker and his personal life wouldn't even, unless it directly affected the job itself, like it wouldn't even come into question about how well he does his job as long as he does his job well. Um, but in politics, I think it's a very different story because if you're talking about someone who has to make moral decisions for the country and in his personal life he doesn't make a moral decision, how, what's to say he's not going to make a moral decision when it comes to something big like the Israel-Palestine story? 
Well, that's exactly the point that uh, that Sonia was making. My fiance was making. She was like, if he he's not at least uh, showing sound judgment in this case, how can you trust him to show sound judgment in in other cases? And I think in France we have a very um, uh, uh, strong fear, not fear, but concern with moral puritanism and we don't want to have to judge people because moral is very fluid if you ask different people you're going to have different not different people but maybe obviously different people but i mean different cultures and that's another argument that came back quite a bit in my discussions with other people it's you know morals you you can't really say what is moral and what isn't depending Depending on the country, it will change. Obviously, in, in, in the U.S. and in France, it's a very different thing. And I don't really subscribe to that because at some point you have to draw a line. You know, moral, um, uh, cultural relativism only goes so far. At some point when something is wrong, then it's wrong, period. Um, and certainly, I don't want to make it sound like anyone is defending uh, Strauss-Kahn in the case that he did rape her. You know, that is not something that anyone would accept. But since he was not, uh, you know, judged and condemned, uh, it's it's hard for us. Because when you go down that line of people have to be moral, then there is this feeling that no one's perfect. And if you want to dig for something, you're going to find something, even something small. And then you can blow it out of proportion. And this is not constructive then you get into things like you know the the u.s uh the american elections where it's just trash um you know battle negative campaigning all through the campaign and i understand why we don't want to have that but uh the question is still there should we have more concern for how a person behave behaves in their personal life and i think the the conclusion I came to, and now I'm going to stop talking and let you guys <laughs> talk a little bit more. Um, the conclusion I came to is we're, we don't want to be like the U.S. because that's too much. But I still think that there's not enough of that concern in France. And maybe there is a middle ground somewhere where we should be more concerned with what our, our politicians do. Because if we're not, then obviously they're going to keep doing it. And it's our job to be, you know, to show them that we care about that. If if we don't, then no one's going to do it. So, um, yeah. No, I I understand your point of view, Patrick. Uh, I, but I, I must say, in South Africa, if that situation and it actually did happen in South Africa to us, um, where our current president uh, Jacob Zuma, he was in that boat where he was um, he was accused of raping uh, a young lady, and um, right. from my recollection. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened to the case, but I know he wasn't um, he wasn't uh, found guilty. It was either thrown out of court or something happened, or they settled. Uh, and it really didn't seem to impact his his uh, campaign at all. I mean, he went through to win his election with flying colours, you know. And and I think that's because our our culture is, is is a very very complicated one and it's it's not as straightforward as it seems like it's not i don't think that the people are okay with that i think it's that um there's a lot more that happened at that time with our um with the parties that were running and the reasons why he won but i, I know for well, the people well, then the the problem is in that specific case you can't really you know people have to be presumed innocent and in that case he wasn't if he wasn't found guilty then you can't let 
your opinion of him change because if you do then it's enough to accuse someone of something to to destroy him and you can't right. have a system that that kind of system doesn't really work right Right. So no, and I agree. I mean, because then you'd have your you'd have opponents saying you did this, you did this, you yeah, did exactly. this, and then n- no one would win, and we'd get nowhere. But yeah, look, I, I'm not I'm not familiar with the specifics of his case, but I, I know that it really didn't look good for him uh, in a general sense to the public. You know, the public yeah. I think was very appalled about what was coming to light, and. Mm. Um, in in general, it, it didn't affect him too badly, you know, and maybe that's because yeah. of South Africa's difference. We've got a lot of differences to Europe, clearly, but yeah. Uh, but mm. yeah, it's it's just it's interesting how France made it such a big deal that it affected yeah. the career for him to not even run anymore. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, I'm not sure I made that clear earlier, but he's not running, and um, he wouldn't have won, won even if he did run. There, there was, you know, polls enough were showing, yeah, yeah, enough, yeah. I mean, opposition even from his own uh, political camp. Um, and Turkey is answering the phone um, uh, from his political camp that you know he couldn't run. And it, to be clear, he did have sex with that girl. Um, now, whether or not right. it was, you know, uh, immoral, illegal, uh, paid for, uh, or rape, the, 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 we will probably never know. But um, he did have sex with her, and that's enough for, you know, at least to show him in a in a in that negative light. Um, Turkey, you're being very quiet. Um, what the, first was that reported on um, in the end? And uh, I mean that his coming, not coming out, but his interview. In Saudi Arabia, and also, what did people think of of this in the end? Where are you talking to me? Yes, sorry, you were. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was answering the phone. Sorry. Oh, so, okay. So, are you, are yeah, you done? Uh, yeah, I'm done. Okay. Yeah, so I was asking. Um, in the end, did uh, did people care about his uh, his version of what happened, which was actually very murky? He only said uh, there was no money exchange, there was no violence, and that's all I'll say about it. Were they interested? And also. I mean, obviously, Saudi Arabia is people would be judged, I imagine, a lot more harshly for these kinds of things. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, what's your your take on that, Indian? Um, I, I don't think uh, dropping the charges and leaving anybody really cared because for for everybody else, the story ended as soon as he dropped out of the World Bank and someone took over. Mm, okay. So I, I'm sure there's people who were interested, but in general. Nobody really cared in Saudi what was going on. It was the end of the story for everybody here. And, uh, so you don't care about it, poor DSK? It's not like he's going to affect us in any way at yeah, all. Of course. It mattered when he was uh, president of the bank. But I mean, the so. juicy sex scandal wasn't something that uh, that, that kept uh, running. Let's say, people, uh, okay, I'm going to sound racist, but uh, people saw the picture of the maid, and they say either this guy is crazy... Okay. <laughs> or raping her, <laughs> or he has weird taste. So either way, we're not interested. Weird taste? Why weird? Weird taste? Uh, because she wasn't because, attractive. Oh, because she wasn't attractive. Okay, I thought yeah. it was because she was black. Um, no, there are people who oh. think black. Uh, it depends okay. on who you talk to. No, no, it was not. No, okay, attractive. because you said uh, I. <laughs> because you said this is going to sound racist. I was like, wow, it <laughs> actually is very racist. No. Um, no. <laughs> okay, it's just I'm because sure she wasn't that attractive. I'm, I'm sure there were people who thought 
Why would he do it with a black woman? Definitely, but uh, no, that's not that's not the general opinion. General opinion, okay. she was like. <laughs> Patrick, what what do you think would have been the the case if he had if he this hadn't happened till after his election? If this only came out after he had he had won his presidency? Mm. It, and became president. Well, it's an it's a very interesting question. Um, I think it would actually have gone away because once he is president, um, first of all, he has immunity, and so they can't do anything to him for you know however long he, so long he is term president. Is. Mm. And, and then the 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 theory of the um, uh, manufactured scandal is even more um, believable for. Not that it's not believable now, and there's no reason. It's much more believable now, actually, because it it sabotages his chances. His chances, but it it would be, I'm sure, more people would have believed it was a, 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 a um, manufactured scandal if he had been president. If it had come out afterwards, so yeah. Um, last question, Turkey. What would happen if uh, a scandal like that uh, came to light in Saudi Arabia about some Saudi official? Let's say he better never come back to Saudi. Okay. <laughs> so what would be the, the consequences? Well, no, wait. If it's a woman, no, he might come back. He might, he might survive. But if Meaning it's with a guy... What do you mean? What do you mean? If, if a woman has a scandal like no, this... No, if a guy has it with a woman... Oh, okay, okay, okay. You yeah. mean if it's because, a heterosexual because, scandal? Yeah, because there is a case right now, and uh, if you remember in the in the UK, they caught a guy who killed some other guy, Saudi prince, who I killed uh, uh, one of but... his. Uh, ser- he killed one of his servants in London. He was accused. He was arrested, and the prosecutor declared that he was actually having uh, an affair with this guy, with hmm. his servant. So and, I, I, uh, I remember this case. It was quite yeah. big in the UK at the time, and there was elevator footage of him at the time. It was it was a big it was a big story in the UK. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, so that guy, if he ever leaves Gale, he could never come back to Saudi. Hmm. Okay. Yes. So obviously, because the laws like, against uh, against uh, homosexuality are much. Uh, uh, no, he would, he would. He wouldn't have a problem with the government. He's from the royal family. The government would find something or just cover it up or something. But the people won't let him pass easily. Oh, okay. Hmm. So he will be a huge target. And uh, if you ever followed that case, it was uh, kind of, in a way, hilarious in its own way that the the defense did not put too much effort, and, and they weren't <laughs> aggressive. They weren't aggressive in proving that he did not murder him. They were more aggressive in proving that he did not have an affair with him. <laughs> that was their concern. I see. Interesting. Is there an, a homosexual uh, uh, community in Saudi Arabia, or not at all? Uh, underground, definitely. Yeah. Nothing no, that's nothing. what I mean, obviously. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, I doubt it. I doubt there isn't. There must be. There's definitely. What's what's Saudi? What's the government stance on that? I know what it was when I was there, but how how liberal are they about it these days? They're not liberal at all. What's the penalty not- if you're if you're convicted of homosexuality? Jail time, maybe some lashes. Hmm. Okay, so pretty uh, standard. 
It's standard. It's uh, the harsh punishment if, if they prove that he actually had sex with a guy, and that's difficult to prove, and that's the one that uh, carries with it the uh, death penalty. Oh, wow. Okay. But, but, but uh, that's all impossible to prove. It's a very complicated system. Four people have to have seen him at the same moment having sex, and they have to see that actually the sex act... The penetration and so on. So you can't. Wow. Uh, so you can't uh, show it by I don't know video camera or no, something. Like no, no. The video is not oh. accepted at all. It's oh, rejected. Okay. All right. So I guess if you're uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia, don't have sex with a guy if you're a guy in front of people. Definitely. And, uh, you should be safe. <laughs> is, is it the same for women? Is female yes. homosexuality yeah. as harshly yeah. condemned? Okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, let's move on to um, what came out of the U.S. And uh, maybe we're not going to spend too much time on it. But um, th there were two things, and I can't believe that I almost forgot the second one. Um, the first one is uh, Troy Davis's execution, um, which did make a lot of noise in... Well, not a lot, but it did make oh, some noise oh, in France. Oh, the hell of Troy Davison. Well, okay, there you go. Um, he, he is a um, black convict that was condemned uh, to the death sentence something like 20 years ago, and he has always claimed his innocence, and uh, eight or seven out of the nine witnesses... Uh, have uh, recanted and said that there was uh, either you know pressure from the police or the 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 crime he was judged for was um, he was condemned for actually um, was the killing of a police officer and uh, the witnesses said that there was pressure from the police or that they identified another. Uh, person um, because they were mistaken and they now realize it was another person who had committed that crime and he has always claimed his innocence and uh, the last uh, possible chance for him to not be executed was this past weekend and uh, obviously I mean Turkey you probably don't know but he was in the end executed um, and um, it, it brought up I guess it didn't really bring up a huge amount of debate here, but it was mentioned. And mostly um, the, the, the thing that we take out of it is uh, we don't really understand how that works because we're very strongly against the death penalty for the... Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not very strongly, but most of us are against the death penalty and obviously we don't have the death penalty in uh, in france um so yeah that was it's always a big story when something like that happened and it it felt especially um heart-wrenching because it seems clear well yeah it seems clear that he actually didn't do it um so yeah that was also a, a big story that came out of the u.s um What's did you guys uh, obviously Turkey? You didn't hear about it, um, Paolo. Was it uh, a story in this in South Africa? No, you know, actually, I, I don't think it was mentioned at all. But you know, it's an interesting um, topic because here in South Africa, uh, before the end of the apartheid, the the death penalty was quite it was in place and it was rigorously enforced. Um, But after that, Nelson Mandela, he, you know, he decided that was not the way forward for the country, and he, it's since been abolished. And, um, you know, on the one hand, 
it's the right. My, and this is my personal opinion. Uh, it's the it's the right move for society because I, I don't believe an eye for an eye is is the answer to to certain problems. But on the other hand, our our um, prison system has really felt it um, because our prisons are in a very bad shape right now. Because I I don't know if you guys have heard, but South Africa's crime rate is quite high and. Yeah, well, um, and it's it's a big problem and you know sending a criminal to prison is not a really um a solution because of the how bad the prison system is mm. so what do we do with the worst case criminals like the murderers and the rapists and you know do you send them to a system that's going to make them um worse off and come out even worse than um ultimately getting rid of them you know it's 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 a difficult topic yeah. and and also because sometimes our system our judicial system can be a bit corrupt um what happens to those who are innocent or maybe innocent and um do they get a fair trial and you know it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a very difficult yeah. thing and you know what's what i i, I thought about that a, about that a lot and you know something I don't know what your feelings are, Patrick. I'm pretty sure I know what Turkey's feelings are. Um, <laughs> but in the in Saudi, uh, like Turkey was saying, you know, you steal something, um, your hand gets chopped off. You know, you kill somebody, your head gets chopped uh, off. It's, uh, it's not. It's not as simple as that. All right. So no, it's not. It's, it's, not, that, it's not to say that. That's, that that's, that's that's oversimplifying it. But uh, it's very extreme measures of of. Uh, punishment and it's very little um it's taxes on the system very it's very small you know yeah, because you don't have to pay for his uh, imprisonment for whatever years right so like in america i think it's something ridiculous like every inmate that's in for life costs the taxpayer something like eight thousand dollars a year or some, something hmm. out you know it's it's a lot of money to keep someone who's yeah. who's a criminal alive for such a long time and feed them and shelter and the security that you have to put in place around them and you know it's it's what's what's the solution is a radical solution like saudis a, a, a better solution or is you know the death penalty yeah. a solution well i guess you know in france our, our prison system is definitely in bad shape also um and and that's an issue which is sort of a, a different issue i think the reason why we are I, I i don't have precise knowledge of this but i believe that one of the main reasons why we are against the death penalty is exactly the case of troy davis it's the case of uh, we can't be certain or in most cases we're not going to be certain so it's not a question of life is sacred and you can't take it although I'm sure it's a, it's a factor, uh, it's more a question of it, you will have, you know, uh, some of the, the people who are pro-death penalty will say, yeah, but you only apply it when you're sure, when you're absolutely sure. And that's great in theory. Maybe more people would get behind it if that was possible. Because, but but in, in reality, it's really not possible. You always have 
in in an imperfect system which our you know legal system definitely is you'll always have people who are actually innocent who will be judged guilty and for those people if you put them in prison then there's always a chance that maybe you're going to be able to rectify your mistake but if you kill them then you know <laughs> they're dead so um yeah that that's i think the angle that we're coming at uh from it's not really a problem of prison you know uh, the state of our prison system or what do we do with them or what's the harsh what the what's the appropriate punishment we don't really worry about that in the case of the death penalty the in, the potential innocence of the of the person that's being um you know uh, found guilty is is one of our biggest concerns so. but with that with that decision i mean if they're found guilty more likely than not they're they're not going to be able to reverse that decision the first time you know like in troy davis's case like what would be the situation if he spent his life in prison uh, you know yeah. he would he, he would still be considered guilty yeah and i mean he would in that still case, serve the punishment and he and he probably might have been innocent in in that case yes but there are many you know there are things like the innocence project in the u.s and there are many others where you had um uh, uh, uh dna evidence that wasn't possible to to uh, right. analyze back um, then that that cleared uh people that had been judged uh, guilty and had they been executed then you know they would have cleared the ghost. You were about to say oh. something, Turkey? Oh, no? No. No. Oh. I'm, he was just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pro, groaning. I'm pro death penalty, so I'm just sitting on the side <laughs> flying. No, well, let us know. What, so, what do you th- are you pro death penalty? Do you think it's a deterrent? Do you think it's a fair punishment? I, I think for uh, if you kill someone, I don't think the government has the right to decide whether you live or die. I think it's the family of the dead. Uh, but what about the the issue I'm mentioning? The fact that you you know if you can't know that you sometimes can aren't sure. If I'm I'm not sure. <clears throat> if you find someone and you think it's probably him, uh, and you know the the family is convinced that it's him, or it's you know it, there could be a mistake. Uh, well, actually, to, uh, I could be wrong about this, but from what I know about the system of death penalty here. A confession is required to receive the death penalty. Yeah, but even a confession can be. I mean, maybe I'm watching too many, uh, you know, <laughs> lawyer shows. But even a, 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 a con- conviction can be questionable at some point. But um, uh, trust me, nobody's going to confess for a, a crime that they might confess to something, but not something that leads to death penalty. Maybe not. I doubt yeah, it. Maybe. <laughs> and it, it's it's interesting you're mentioning you know the family should decide uh, the family of the victim because I think one of the the very important principles of uh, modern justice is it's not out of vengeance that you have to make a decision you know justice has to be delivered according to rules according to the law yeah, and the but, law but, shouldn't but, be but, written by by but, the people but, who are, but, because but, but you can't you can't deny someone if he wants his vengeance you can't deny it for him if he if he kills someone well, loved because because if you deny it then they're going to use other systems to get their revenge well, then everything will maybe. be hectic and crazy I, so it's rather to well, put it in the system 
maybe in Saudi Arabia, but I mean, not in in <laughs> in France. I don't think people have the resources to send out Don Corleone after the person who murdered their wife. But uh, no, I mean, obviously, if someone I don't know if someone uh, rapes a child or whatever, the 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 father or the mother is going to want them dead or flayed alive. Or uh, but, actually, when it comes to rape, I think death penalty. Period. I, that's have nothing to do with the victims. Okay. All right. Especially well, child. if someone rapes a child, I think it, they should cut his head off and get rid of him. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a difficult problem. But in the case of Troy Davis, for example, what, what's your you know in that case where people recanted and there's only one witness after those twenty years? I refuse to comment on that. That's for their judicial system to decide, and I have no right to judge them because I don't know the case. That is probably the wisest answer any one of us could have given. All right. Um, the, so the other thing that came out of the U.S. that I wanted to mention, which I honestly almost forgot about, is uh, the 10 years of 9-11. Um, it, it was obviously earlier in the month, but um, it's it, for some reason, I, I mean, when the... Um, I, okay, I don't know where to start, but... I'm really not someone who who wants the attention brought back to 9/11 every single day and I I agree that in the US um maybe a little bit too much has been done of it maybe a lot too much and it's not that it wasn't a tragedy but it's been instrumentalized in a way that I I guess it's obvious to everyone but it's being abused that, It, yeah, it, it's been abused, and it it was a, hor a terrible, terrible tragedy. And and what happened afterwards was was okay. Let's not redo the debate on nine eleven itself, but it was the ten years. And I sent out a few messages on on um, on social networks saying uh, during that weekend, I said, I really hope I wake up on I think it was Monday, and the only thing we have to talk about in the news is that it's been ten years and one day, and not there's been a, a horrible um, uh, a, a horrible terrorist attack. And the reason I was saying that and the reason I was saying it like that was that I feel, and that's be, me personally, I, I'm not sure it's the case for, you know, my, com, uh, my uh, uh, countrymen, I feel that it's been 10 years and it's a milestone and since nothing terrible happened on the 10th year, 10 year anniversary, we sort of can move on now. And there's definitely, you know, uh, Bin Laden is dead and terrorist terrorism. I feel terrorism is, is sort of not as much of an issue as it was a few years ago. Uh, certainly we have to remain vigilant, but the, the, the young Muslim populations don't seem to be turning to terrorism as there, there are certainly disagreements between the, the, you know, Middle East and the West and, But it's not as much of an issue as it was. And the the reason I'm mentioning that I almost forgot about it is also because I feel that we are now moving on. It's been 10 years. It went, you know, yeah, basically we are starting to move on. Um, is that something? Am I the only one thinking this? Is it completely uh, uh, out there or... 
No, I agree. I agree with you, Patrick. I, I mean, nothing to take away from what happened to the to America, you know. But uh, I agree. It's been ten years, you know. The Americans have done a fairly good job of keeping the country safe, um, in somewhat detriment to the American people. But they have done a good job in the fact that nothing else has happened. And when September 11th uh, this year happened, I think they did. A very good, like uh, I think the, the Americans do certain things right, and and one of the things they did very well was um, they they remembered what happened in a very tasteful way. And um, I agree, it's ten years. Let's move forward. You know, let's not forget about it, but not make it the big deal that it always has been in the past. You know, like. It, it, onwards and upwards, the type thing, you know. And let's yeah. not look back and 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 think about all the bad things, you know. Yeah, Turkey, nine eleven, ten years. I think I agree with you. Not really. I think uh, it happened. This was a horrible thing, and definitely a lot of people died. But it's something that is gone. We need to look forward, not backwards. Yeah, I mean, ten years. You have kids who were, you know, not really old enough to understand the world uh, back then, who are now almost uh, <coughs> adults uh, that are old enough to vote. So it's, it, it, it was such a, an, an enormous event for us. It feels like, you know, I'm at a certain stage in my life now. Everything from the past 20 years I understand very well and it's not like oh that was so long ago that it's not you know it feels like I was a kid 10 years ago I was already an adult so it sort of still vivid in my memory I guess it was uh, is what I'm trying to say but still it's been 10 years and uh, yeah so it's been but 10 Patrick, years it's a long time do you think that in the next 10 years this is still going to be as big a topic as it is today um, no, I think, I, I hope that it won't be. And, you know, there might be another terrorist attack at some point. There might be an issue, another problem. But I think it, it I hope it will be disconnected from 9-11 at that point. It, it, that we never can be completely 100% safe. But, um, yeah, no, I think for me and I think for a lot of people now, we've, we've managed, we or the U.S. or, you know, the West, we've, if there is any way to kind of win in this, uh, the the guy that was deemed responsible for it is dead. There hasn't been any major terrorist attack in 10 years. On the day of the 10-year anniversary, that was the one day where something could potentially happen uh, because it's the most symbolic. Nothing happened. Um, yeah, let's move on. See, see I, I think that the Americans... Not to take anything away from what had happened, but I, I think they won't let it go. I think because they're such a young country as well, you know, they will continue to, um, to, to yeah, make this a bigger deal than it needs to be in the future. It's very possible. I mean, um, certainly a lot of people will. Uh, there's no question that, that it will have a lasting impact on the American psyche and it will stay as a symbol of of something. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's we'll ask next time <laughs> when we'll have an American on the, <laughs> right, on right. the show and uh, we'll uh, ask what they think. 
uh, and see if they also think it's... Uh, and I'm not... Uh, we, we're all being very careful. We're not saying we should forget it. Uh, definitely no, no, not. And not we're, we're just saying we should move on, which is a different thing. And right. I think, you know, some Americans uh, agree with us. So we'll see. Uh, if you you are if you happen to be American, dear listener, and uh, want to uh, comment on that and say whether or not you think we should move on from nine eleven, please please do come on the blog and uh, post a comment. For example, at uh, thefeelersclub dot com, I believe it is, um, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, all right, I guess we're almost uh, done with the show. Uh, before we close it, though. Do any of you guys have a local story you want to talk about? I guess the DSK and the uh, financial scandals one counts as uh, as the French <laughs> one. But uh. well, I got a couple of quick ones, and because I really have to leave. I mean, my mom has a party; I have to go attend. Oh, okay. so first, is anybody surprised that Putin is running for president? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not a local story, though. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, second local story, Saudi Arabia, on Friday, yesterday, the 23rd of September, celebrated its 81st National Day. What do you mean? Like it's the 81st uh, anniversary of yeah. the country? Yes. Yes. Woohoo! Congratulations, Saudi Arabia! <laughs> yes. And uh, if you would like to see people go out and party like nutcase without drinking, come visit Saudi Arabia <laughs> on that day. <laughs> So what do you do when you want to celebrate? You're, you can't drink, I think, in any civilized country, America. Do you, do you, you can't do you, imagine. Do you, see, do you see what drunks do when they go out partying in the streets? Yes. I've been, so in, in, Finland for, I've, I've been in Finland enough times to see what <laughs> drunk people do. Saudis so do it without being drunk. How is that even? It doesn't make sense. No. Okay. It's reality. That's what happens. Okay. <laughs> All right, um, Paolo. I, I have two two ones. One's a real quick one. Um, today is South Africa's Heritage Day. It's it's a day that I think after the apartheid, they Mandela is celebrating um, the multicultural um, country that we are. He calls it a rainbow nation, and, and we've got a lot of different. African ethnicities and we've got Western ethnicities and there's a lot of Asian influence in, in the country as well. And I think we're a very, very diverse country and today is the day that they celebrate that. So that's what's going on here in South Africa. And then uh, the one other thing I wanted to discuss, especially with you, Patrick, because it's a socialist um, oh story, my God. Yes. <laughs> is that here in South Africa there's, there's a something that's come up quite recently about um, our mining industry. And in, uh, in South Africa, the mining industry is a very, very um, big industry. It, it, it um, contributes to most of our GDP. And um, what the, there's been talk in the government is, is nationalizing the mines. Because we're in an econo economic situation, not nearly as bad as the rest of the world, but... Um, our power company is in a lot of need for uh, money and our health system needs a lot of finance. And there's talk of, of trying to give a lot of housing and jobs to our, our, our huge and growing um, poverty um, mm. situation. And um, they, what they're saying is 
we want to nationalize mines. Now, I don't know how you feel, but for us, it's, it's, it's a very dicey subject because the mining industry brings a lot into the country and they do it purely for profit. Mm. And they contribute a lot of that money to the, and they do it very mm. well. They do it, they do it very well. And what has happened in them just announcing that they're thinking about it has caused all of the mining industry to halt um, any growth in the country and um, they are really thinking about going elsewhere in Africa. Mm. So don't mm. don't do it. Do don't do it. <laughs> okay. Nationalizing nationalizing an industry is only downfall. If it's not working, then nationalize it. If it's working and getting money, trust me, you're only going to make it worse. At least that's what history showed us. So I'm the 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 socialist here. Um, so obviously my answer should be um, well. Actually, I think nationalizing is not a socialist idea. Uh, it's communist, and as we all know, communism is <laughs> only a little bit less evil than Satan. So they shouldn't do it. Um, no, I mean, yeah, commun- I think it's a terrible idea. If as exactly as Turkey is saying, is a, is an industry is is. Uh, is failing, then maybe you need to get it in order in ways that it can't get, you know, by itself. Um, if it's not failing, <laughs> and that's where I show my uh, my socialist aspect, then tax it. That's a much better way of dealing with the problem. I mean, um, it's well, they do tax it. I mean, they tax it quite highly, and that's caused some mm. of the mining operations to go elsewhere in Africa. But the the just the discussion of it has caused the mining industry yeah. to almost come right. to a halt. I mean, you know, okay, and to, to, to give sort of an impression, to bring it back to, you know, our, our um, Phileas Clubic uh, uh, focus here, here in France, it would, I don't think it would be even discussed. Nationalizing is very, very extreme, even for us. Um, it, I mean, you have the, the, the crazy communists uh, that would probably want to nationalize a whole bunch of industries uh the reasonable guys including the socialists would not really consider it unless it was dire situation and it was really there was no other way around anything um yeah yeah no i mean that's the general census i get from the people i talk to but you know the the government sees it as kind of a cash cow because they're in a financial strain and they're very happy lining mm. their pockets and trying to sort out problems by throwing money at it in the yeah. co- in the country and they see this as an opportunity to get more money to throw at the problems at hand you know and yeah. everyone says no 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 this is a bad idea i mean i know a bunch of people who have been directly affected by it because because the mining industry is so large and they're pulling out they're causing a lot of sure. job loss and you know yeah. so it's it's been a very it's been a very upsetting thing for the country and mm. it's just i think the government's being very short-sighted in mm. in just even talking about it openly yeah well, hopefully things will get better soon and uh, Care Bears will be everywhere and uh, <laughs> unicorns will spread ran- rainbows in the world. That's my p- message of peace for the end of the show. Um, because it is the end of the show. We have reached it and Turkey will be able to go uh, have fun with his family. Uh, before that, though, I would well, request... Well, it's, it's more of a matter of not being killed by my mom. Oh, okay. So we have reached the end of the show, and Turkey will be able to not be killed by his mom. 
So <laughs> rejoice, everyone. He will be back next uh, month, hopefully. Um, uh, so before we leave, I want to say uh, two things. Next month, I'm not certain uh, I'll be able to do a show. Uh, I'll try, but it's it might be challenging because I'm traveling. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to BlizzCon, of course. Ah, of course. Yes, of course. Um, you have to get us something from there. I will try. Well, you know, I c- could get you lots of cool stuff if only we actually met uh, one day in the future. <laughs> I could give it uh, lots of stuff to you. Um, and uh, so you're not going, I imagine. So when are you going to be there? When is BlizzCon? Um, the 21st and 22nd of October, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be there. there there's a chance. I, I'm, I'm traveling to the U.S. in October. I'm not sure exactly what oh, date yet. Okay. Well, if you're in, in, uh, in California, we definitely have to hook up. And by yeah, hook up, uh, I don't mean anything uh, that would get you killed. <laughs> yeah, I should be in uh, L.A. And, sorry, in San Francisco and San Diego. Ah, uh, well, that's not really where I'm going. Anyway, uh, let's not b- bother, uh, bore the, the <laughs> listeners with all that uh, just too much. Um, let's bore, bore, bore them with something else, like, for example, uh, where they can reach you, Turkey, when you're not on the show. Uh, you reach me on Twitter, which is uh, twitter.com slash Saudi. And you can follow me and see what I'm up to and all of my complaining and all of my uh, restaurant hopping <laughs> and cigar nights. And there's a lot of all of that. Uh, Paolo, are you still Paolo Audio on uh, yes. Twitter? Yes. Yeah, you can find me at twitter.com slash Paolo Audio. And I'm also on Google Plus at Paolo Joquim. You can find me on How do you spell uh, that? Google. It's P-A-U-L-O and J O A. Q U I M. J O A Q U I M. Oh, Joe Kim. Okay, okay. Um, uh, okay, excellent. And I am Patrick Beja, and uh, you can find all my, my links on patrickbeja.com, including an interesting dissertation on the new announcements by Facebook, which are quite controversial. So if you're interested in that, you can go there and check it out. Uh, either way, we thank you a million times for taking the time to listen to our uh, puny show, and we hope to have you again for the next one. Have an excellent month, and talk to you soon. Bye. during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.